You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. Come on and give that to the Lord. He's worthy of praise. Hallelujah. We honor you, Jesus. We bless you. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. There is none like you. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm so thankful for the presence of the Lord. And it is such a delight to be able to be here, uh, to be able to minister the word of the Lord. It is something that I do not take lightly. And uh, I oftentimes, I told my son, we were in Columbus, Ohio last weekend, and um, I was preaching, and I said, man, I just, I can't believe I'm, I'm getting ready to preach the word of the Lord. Uh, this was never in my plans. But God, who's seen fit, and he's wiser than I am, uh, he knows a whole lot more than I do. And so I just let him be God, and I try to do my part. And it's such a joy uh, to be able to serve the king. Uh, frankly, when I received the Spirit, I had no warning, no heads up. Uh, I just, nobody told me anything. I just came to church hungry, desperate, broken, and uh, I knew nothing about repentance. If I called on the name of the Lord, it was not giving him glory. And uh, I thought, you know what, when this guy, can I just be transparent and tell y'all exactly what I thought? I thought the moment this white guy is done yelling, I'm going to get up and walk out. And uh, instead of walking out, you know what I did? I walked right to the front. And knew nothing. And the only thing I said was, I'm sorry. And in all of that, uh, tears began to stream down my face. I knew nothing about repentance, but I realize now, I know what repentance is now. That's what I was doing. And then I felt this love and this joy and peace. And the Lord just spoke very clearly to me. And uh, he said, uh, all you have to do, Akil, is let me in. And I thought to myself, how can I say no? And immediately I began to be filled with his spirit. I began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave the utterance. And I remember, uh, you know, those church mamas. I'm thankful for those church mamas. Praise God. I don't know if y'all know anything about that or not, but praise God. Those mamas that just feed you and, you know, the baby, you just don't look like you had anything to eat. And I'm like, Mama, I've already had two plates. Praise God. I can't, I can't eat. Baby, just eat some more. You need some more meat on your bones. And I'm like, um, but I remember one of them come running up to me right afterwards, Mama Fuller. And uh, that's what I call her. She said, baby, I'm so happy for you. And she went to give me a big hug. And I just, I felt such power. I didn't want her to touch me because I thought she might get knocked back 25 feet. I was like, don't touch me. And uh, just in my, in my ignorance, I did not know any better. But the Bible is clear. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And so I'm thankful to have his spirit abiding in my life. I give honor to your pastor and your first lady. They are tremendous leaders. I appreciate their authenticity. You are not just blessed, but you are spoiled. And so I'm thankful for their friendship, and I would be remiss if I did not honor Luca as well. He's my buddy, 
And I'm going to let him get in that wheelbarrow, and I'm going to push him around. Praise God. We'll see if he'll let me. I know. He's like, he's not hearing anything else. He's just like, Mom, Dad, that is my toy. Praise God. Bishop, I honor you, sir. I bless you and your wife. It's a pleasure to be in your presence. If you would open up your Bibles or your Bible apps to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. I feel like the Lord laid this on my heart last night, gave me a bit of clarity. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19, a passage that many of you are familiar with, or at least a story that many of you all are familiar with. I'm reading out of the New King James, if that's all right, this evening. It reads, so Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. And I feel like the Lord told me last night uh, that this church is in transition. And I want to preach to you all the markers of transition. The markers of transition. Would you help me pray? Father, we love you. We bless you. I realize I can do nothing without you or apart from you. I'm not even attempting to do so. I pray that you would anoint me with the type of anointing that makes ministry effective, God. Help me to preach and teach your word with relevancy and accuracy, God. Do what you want to do in this place because you are God and God all by yourself. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise. I release the gift of faith in this house today, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, would you clap your hands unto him? Hallelujah. Praise God. Look at your neighbor before you're seated and tell them the markers of transition. You may be seated. You may be seated. There are several things uh, that mark uh, defining moments in our lives. It could be a number of things. It could be the loss of a loved one. It could be a graduation, whether it's elementary graduation, kindergarten, middle, high school, college, graduate, doctoral studies. It could be a promotion that perhaps you were seeking on the job, and maybe uh, you received that promotion, and it was a pivotal time in your life. Maybe it's a new endeavor. Maybe it was just a catastrophic weather event, or maybe it wasn't catastrophic, but it was a memorable one nonetheless. Maybe it's warmer temperatures or longer days, but there's something about understanding the season we are in. Whether it's moving to a new home or moving to a different city, province or country, depending upon where you live or where you're from. Maybe it's the emotional highs or maybe it's the emotional lows. Uh, but we do need to understand the season in which we are living. Oftentimes, if we are not careful or we are unaware of the season we are living in, we will be frustrated and we will not be able to achieve certain things because we haven't embraced the limitations of our season. The reason why you have to understand the season that you're in, let me give you an example. My wife and I, we have, uh, we've been married 20 years. I've known her 23, and we have two amazing kids. Mia is 15, and my son Lincoln is 13. We named him after the president. I thought some of you all being from Illinois might appreciate that, so that didn't go over that well, but I 
uh, I study Abraham Lincoln, the Civil War and Civil Rights period. Those are two periods in particular that I'm fascinated about from a historical perspective. Uh, so we named him Lincoln. But one of the things that we understood uh, or we learned, I should say, is when my wife, when we discovered that she was pregnant with Mia uh, and we were trying to do things, we were youth pastors, we were moving at a feverish clip. But as the pregnancy grew and she grew in the pregnancy, Sarah was not able to do certain things. We had to realize that our season was changing. We needed to understand that our season was changing. It's really important for you to understand the season that you are in. We are really attuned. They, people ask Jesus this question. They're like, well, Lord, what's, what's going down? He's like, I'm, I'm, I marvel that you all can, uh, you're want to be meteorologists. Yet you cannot identify what's happening in the spirit. This is why it's so important you understand the season that you're in because Sarah and I, as the pregnancy grew and Mia was growing and we realized that, uh-oh, uh-oh, Sarah all of a sudden isn't attending every event that we were at. And you know what? The things that we were trying to achieve, whether it was taking care of the horses, we had a little horse farm. And she, the horses came with Sarah. Yeah, because I did not grow up in the country, praise God. And I did not know anything about horses talking about let me just say what we did we bought a little horse farm and Sarah was just so encouraging she never corrected me or or chastised me I knew now I grew up in a concrete jungle I knew we we never owned a lawnmower okay I I, I, I did not need one so when we got married and we had this little horse farm we had several acres and the grass had to be cut I bought a push lawnmower not even a self-propelled. It took me Friday when I got home, all day Saturday, and Sunday when I got back from church to cut that grass. It was like a workout, and she would just encourage me. And my dad was like, what are, what are you doing, son? I was like, I don't have a clue. He was like, you need a zero turn. <laughs> anyway, so uh, it's important that you understand she couldn't go out and take care of the horses. We needed to embrace the limitations of our season. See, some of you all right now are trying to achieve things, but it's not within the natural rhythm of the season you're in. And because you're not achieving that thing, you're frustrated and discouraged. You don't need to be frustrated and you don't need to be discouraged. You need to embrace the limitations of the season you're in. And if you would embrace the limitations of the season you're in, then you can have peace and allow God to do the work that he's doing in your life. You need to get in rhythm with the season God has you in. To everything, there is a season. There is a time to give thanks. There is a time to weep. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to cry. There's a season for everything. So, and, and nature teaches us this. Nature teaches us daily there's a season. Weekly there are seasons. Monthly, quarterly there are seasons. Annually there are seasons. And we need to get in rhythm with the season we're in. Now one of the things that will help you identify what season you're in is you need to ask yourself, what is one or two things that I absolutely have to do right here, right now? 
What are one of those things that no matter where I'm at, no matter what's happening, this has got to happen in this season. This will help you identify where you are and what is happening. And what I feel like the Lord put in my spirit is we need to understand as a church the season we're in. The reason why this is important, you got to get this. You got to get this before I'm going to go any further because there's always a season. But it's never the season that undoes us. It's our inability to transition into the season. See, the, the new season, we love to talk about it. It's a new season. Oh, it's a new day. Oh, we talk about it. Fresh anointing. It's coming my way. But the reality of it is, it's not the new season that does us in. It's our inability to transition into the new season. Oftentimes, what I call transition, it's the fifth season. Transition is the fifth season. I'll give you an example. Oftentimes, you go through a great struggle before you go into the next season. I'll give you an example. Just think about a caterpillar goes into their cocoon. Before they are, they are struggling and in the fight of their life. And it's that struggle that prepares them for flight. It's that struggle. It's that struggle that prepares them for the transition of becoming a butterfly. Some of us are asking God, don't get mad at me now. Some of us are saying, God, you know what? I just need relief. It's not relief. This is exactly what you need, not relief, because this is making you stronger for the season that's ahead. It's just like the young girl who caught a caterpillar and put it in a little jar, and she could see that the caterpillar was trying to get out. So she thought, I'm going to help him out. And you know what? So she took a little knife, and she cut open that cocoon, and, and then the caterpillar came out, and its wings were drooping. And the caterpillar or the butterfly couldn't do anything because it was the struggle. She had helped it avert the struggle. Can I tell you, you and I need to give God thanks for the struggle. I know this ain't going to make you shout. I know you're like, what is he talking about on a Sunday night? He's had, the Lord has had us up here. But never forget, it's the struggle that prepares you for stuff. It's the struggle that prepares you for the next season. It's the struggle that's preparing you for greater things. And I'm here to prophesy to you and encourage you that you are standing on supernatural soil. And there is a season that you're about to embark upon. And the transition is critical. When you look at 1 Kings chapter 18 and 19, historically speaking, it characterizes a day that we are very familiar with. King Ahab is a wicked man, absolutely no moral compass whatsoever. And today's leaders are the same way. Whether they're in politics, whether they're in commerce, whether they're in academia, it makes no difference. People today are bankrupt, morally speaking. And it is no difference unless your head is under a rock and you are not paying attention to what is happening in this world. We are living in a dark day. Jezebel hates truth. This is King Ahab's bride, if you will. She hates everything that is godly, and she persecuted the people of God. And then you have Elijah. Elijah is a unique man because Elijah is a man with a mission. He is absolutely unequivocally, unapologetic about the hand of God being on his life, and he rubs people the wrong way. 
Now, he just got finished. Oh, the Lord, I mean, this was, this was like, if you go into the beginning of this chapter, like this was a throwdown. Like the thriller in Manila. This was, this was it. I mean, this was like, he was like, hey, look, look, here's, here's what we can do. Y'all, y'all just get ready, do your little, do your thing, and I'm just going to watch. And whoever's God, let's let him be God. And they're like, oh, that sounds real good. I mean, they get around just chanting and throwing up stuff. Come on, Baal, help us out. And he's over there like, <laughs> what are you going to do? Where's Baal? Is he asleep? Tell him to wake up. And, and they're like, oh, they start getting loud and cutting themselves. And Ahab comes back. He's like, oh, man. Jezebel, all of them did. All your prophets gone. And she's, she's saying stuff, and, and she's like, I'm going to get him. And, you know, and he's like, it's fascinating because he was, you want to talk about highs and lows? I mean, he went from like here, and then he's running for his life. I mean, it, it, but we're not, we're not going to unpack all that right now. But here's what I want you to understand. Elijah is on a divine assignment. And he simply walks over to Elisha and he places a mantle on his life that absolutely changes everything. I need you all to understand that you all are standing on the precipice of something big. I'm not preaching this to get a response. I'm telling you there is a supernatural revival that the Holy Ghost wants to introduce you to that is beyond your wildest dreams. It's beyond your expectations. It's bigger than you and I. There have been people that have come long before we were here who prayed over this soil, who fasted over this soil, who declared the word of God over this soil. This place has been marked for supernatural revival. And if you believe that, you ought to give God praise. Because supernatural revival is coming to your family. Supernatural revival is coming to your community. Supernatural revival is coming to your school. Revival is here. And if you believe that, you ought to give God praise. God has been gracious enough to send us messengers with prophetic utterances. And he's let us know that this is the time. Can I tell you, we are living in a day, I mentioned it earlier, that the world is craving the supernatural. This is why, hear me, I'm all about, I am all about organizational leadership. I'm all about that. I love it. I'm fascinated with it. I want to talk about the qualitative metrics. I want to talk about the quantitative metrics. I'm a systems and process guy. However, I grew up in the corporate boardroom. I was a corporate banker. But can I tell you, you have to be careful, especially my generation as leaders, because if we're not careful, we'll rely too much on our professionalism. And professionalism won't get it done. Can I tell you, instead of professionalism, we need the prophetic. We need a supernatural move of God in our churches like never before. Every time we come together at CTK, there needs to be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Every time we come together, we need to be reaching for God. We need to be walking in the supernatural. And can I just take it a step further? Not only every time we come together, when we leave. When we leave, we should be walking in the supernatural. When we leave, we should be expecting the supernatural. God wants to use you outside of these walls. Revival is here, and God wants to use us in this regard. And God sent Elijah, a man with a powerful message. Now, let me just tell you, historians will tell us this. Large landowners 
would use teams. And check this out. They would use the task of plowing much more quickly with multiple plows. Now, I, I know this is weak, but I want you to envision this is a plow. This is a big sweat rag, so don't worry. But I'm going to use you. Can I use you? Okay. Now, you're going to be up here for a while, praise God. But you said yes. You can just back and forth. Don't stop. Praise God. Somebody give it up for him. Praise the Lord. Here, Elisha is in charge of 12 such teams. Now, just hear me for just a moment. I'm just going to put this in your spirit. In other words, he was influencing more territory through others. Can I just tell you? We need everybody to be involved. Pastor can't do this by himself. Pastor and first lady can't do it by themselves. Pastor and the leadership team can't do it by themselves. We need everybody on the team. We need everybody helping. Everybody has been called to affect their world. This is not a one man's band. This is a team of believers. This is the body of Christ. We need everybody from the front to the back, from left to right, whether you are an elder, whether you are a baby, we need everybody involved. Whether it's greeting, whether it's loving on somebody, visiting visiting somebody in the hospital, preparing a meal, teaching a Bible study, shaking a hand, encouraging someone, praying for people, worshiping, speaking a word of faith. We need you involved. Whether it's teaching children's ministry, whether it's involved in youth ministry, young adult ministry, administration, we need you involved. It's going to take everybody to make a difference. Everybody, we need everybody we need everybody. Are you hearing me? We need everybody. Now was the time. Now was not the time to check out. Now was not the time to say, I'm retired. Now was the time to get in the game. It's not just going to take a husband. It's going to take a husband and a wife. It's not just going to take the husband and the wife. It's going to take the husband, wife, and the children to get the job done. If you're going to have a great marriage, it's going to take two. If you're going to have a great relationship with your children, it's going to take everyone being on board. Now, hear me. Ahab, he represents these forces of authority. You need to understand that there is nothing in popular culture that is going to point you towards Jesus Christ. You need to hear me. There is not one single solitary thing in this world that is going to point you towards Jesus Christ. You need to understand that the Antichrist, the spirit of the Antichrist is alive and well. And Jezebel, when you think about Jezebel, just simply put, can I tell you, she is manipulative. She is sexually coercive. She is perverse. We are that, that spirit of Jezebel is alive and well in this day, persecuting, prosecuting, and attempting to silence the children of the cross. But can I tell you, I believe by the help of the Holy Ghost, God is raising up a group of people here in O'Fallon, Illinois, who will not keep silent, who will stand on their feet and will let the love of God shine. We will share his word. We will do his work. And as a matter of fact, we will do greater and God will get the glory. 
This is why, this is why we have a responsibility to love everybody. Everybody. I'm going to say it because I believe it with everything that I have. I don't care if they're black, white, yellow, brown. The church is for everybody. I'm going to take it a step further. I don't care if they're transgender. I don't care if they're lesbian. I don't care if they're heterosexual. The church is for them. As long as they are a living soul, which we all are, Jesus Christ died for everybody, and therefore everybody has... Whether they're Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Independent, they belong in the house of the Lord. If you believe that, clap your hands unto him. I'm declaring to you in the Holy Ghost that God is raising up an Elijah. They're going to affect the world. Now, let's consider something for a moment. You can go the whole way, too, by the way. Praise God. I mean, you just plowing that side of the field, sure enough. I mean, that thing, praise God. Praise God. You're partial to that side over there. Praise God. I'm not mad at you. Must be some treasure in that field. Praise the Lord. Let's consider that it's not a coincidence, hear me, that the one who is pushing the plow receives the mantle. <laughs> because there are people who desire the mantle without ever pushing the plow. See, what we need to understand, the mantle, it represents the favor the anointing, and the authority of God. See, what I need you to understand is today's plow pusher is tomorrow's mantle carrier. There is a season to push the plow, and there is a season to carry the mantle. Some of us, if you're not careful, I want to encourage you, do not make the temporary permanent. Do not mistake the process for the promise. Do not confuse where God has you and what you're going through to where God is taking you. If you are going through something you've never gone through before, it is only because you are about to conquer something you have never conquered before. If you're pushing like you've never pushed before, it is only because you're about to enter into something you have never seen before. We can safely conclude, if you just look at this, I told you all I love to study, but if you just look at the time, the culture, you can connect a lot of dots, what I call sanctified creativity. If you look at the moral, civil, ceremonial laws, we can conclude with great certainty that Elijah got up every single day, except on one day, to push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. He'd have to do that on good days. Push the plow. Break the ground. Sow the seed. He'd have to do that on days when the land was not cooperating. Push the plow. Break the ground. Sow the seed. He'd have to do it in days of drought. Push the plow. 
break the ground, sow the seed. Regardless and in spite of the ground not cooperating, regardless when relationships weren't right, he'd have to push the plow, break the ground, sow the seed. On sunny days, he'd have to push the plow, break the ground, sow the seed. On rainy days, while battling depression, he'd have to push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. While battling sickness, he'd have to get up when he didn't want to. Are you going to hear me tonight? And push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. On days when people loved him, he got up to push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. On days when people turned their back on him, he had to get up and push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. On days with tears flowing down his cheeks, he had to get up push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. I'm telling you right now, I'm trying to preach to somebody who thinks you have no more push in you and you can't push anymore. I'm telling you, you can keep pushing the plow because the people that push the plow are the ones that are going to carry the mantle tomorrow. You know why you're still here? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know why depression didn't take you out? Because God kept you. Do you know why that... Do you know why you're still here? Even though you got in that argument today, it's because God has kept you in perfect peace. Do you know why you're still here pushing the plow, breaking the ground, and planting the seed? It's because God is faithful. If you believe that, give him praise. I need somebody who's never given up on their dream. I don't know if it's not come to pass, but I'm telling you now is not the time to give up on your marriage. Push the plow, break the ground, plant the seed. Now is not the time to give up on your children. Push the plow, break the ground, plant the seed. Now is not the time to give up on your ministry. Push the plow, break the ground, plant the seed. Now's not the time to give up on your neighbor. Push the plow, break the ground, plant the seed. Now's not the time to stop riding, to stop dreaming. Push the plow, break the ground, and plant the seed. Because it's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by his spirit. God's spirit is bringing change to O'Fallon. I'm prophesying to somebody tonight. I'm not talking about incremental change. I'm talking about monumental change. I'm not talking about exclusionary change. I'm talking about inclusion. I'm not talking about meagerly. I'm talking about abundantly. I want, I'm trying to get you to understand there is a supernatural revival that is fixing the breakout. If you could only see what we were talking about and what I feel like God has put in my spirit, you would understand that greatness is here. The revival is here. Your time is now. Can I tell you? Old chains are falling off. Yesterday's problems are blowing away. Debilitating attitudes and crushing oppression, chronic pain and sickness, fatiguing doubts and paralyzing fears, they're falling off. They're stepping back because there is a new day coming. 
a day where you don't have to cope, a day where you can no longer say it will always be this way. I'm telling you, you're going to no longer have to settle for second best because you are a child of the king. I'm telling you, your time is here. I'm telling you, your marker of transition is here. You need to get in the transition and in the season that God has for you. Okay, you got to get this. You got to get this. I want everybody, I want every one of you to know, everyone will get a hold of this by faith. Because your days are over of carrying the mantle. The moment, the moment he hit Elisha with the plow, he walks into a new season. The moment I'm going to hit Elisha, the moment Elijah hit him with this mantle, he lets go of the plow. I'm in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> He's faithful. He doesn't even realize it. I'm preaching to somebody today. I'm reaching, the Lord is reaching for somebody who has just been faithful, plowing the field, breaking the ground, and sowing the seed. You're on the precipice or on the verge of giving up, and God, you have no idea what's fixing to come your way. That mantle of new anointing, that mantle of authority is on your life. I'm telling you, the season of carrying the plow is over. You need to understand that you are standing on the edge of a transition that is going to shift things in the supernatural because the mantle is fixing to hit your life. If you believe that, you ought to give God praise. I'm, t I'm trying to get somebody to understand the moment this mantle hits your life, something is going to shift, and you are going to let go of the plow and walk in a new anointing, walk in a new authority, walk in new power. If you believe that, give him praise. The moment this mantle hits him, he lets go of the plow. Now, stay with me. Stay with me for just a moment. Watch this. He didn't think about it. He didn't pray about it. Oh, God. <laughs> he didn't have a phone call with mama and daddy. He didn't read if somebody said something about a mantle on Facebook. He knew this was his opportunity, and he knew his time was now. I need you to understand, you have to let go of the plow. Okay, hear me, hear me. You will not be known by what you've pushed. You'll be known by what you carry. Praise God. You can't carry the mantle and push the plow at the same time. Not only did he let it go, but he went back. And burned it all. Why? Because there was no going back. It doesn't matter if your parents pushed the plow. If your grandparents pushed the plow. Are you going to play the keyboard tonight? I don't know. Matt, come on up here. Play the keyboard. Praise God. Praise God. He does it all. What doesn't he do? Praise God. Now, come this way, man. Come this way. Just come on. Come on. You can, it's quicker this way. Praise God. 
Praise God. Don't, you don't got, by the time you get all the way around over there, praise the Lord, we've been at the restaurant. Praise God. Come on, it's a new season. Praise God. I got to get to it. I got to get to it. It's a new season. Praise God. I'm not going the old way anymore. I'm going to get right to it. You can't carry the mantle and push the plow at the same time. Not only did he let it go, but he went back and burned everything because there was no going back. Your grandparents pushed the plow. I'm telling you that your children and your children's children will be mantle carriers. The new normal is walking in freedom and his abundant life by being dialed into his assignment, saturated in his anointing, and submitted to his authority. I'm telling you there's a shift getting ready to happen. And there is a transition that is imminent. I can feel it in the atmosphere. It's palpable. And the Holy Ghost is fixing to empower you with a brand new fresh anointing like never before. Here's what I feel. Here's what I feel. I want us to stand. Praise God. Praise God. Here's what I want you to understand. I can feel this so strong. But you know what? I feel like the Lord is telling me and something that's been resonating in my spirit. We have to be willing to let go of the past to embrace what's ahead. I'm honoring the past. I, I know very little about this church and this season that you're in. I think, I think the one thing I heard, I think I asked Pastor, and I think he told me you've been here four and a half years. Okay. I was listening, praise God. That's about the extent of what I know. But can I tell you, if you're going to walk in what God has for you, you can't keep your eyes on what took place yesterday. You have to look ahead. You got to look ahead. You need to understand, if we become fixated with the past and the good old days, what you're saying is, my epitaph is right in front of me. Rest in peace. But if you understand that my ladder will be greater than my past, this is for you. Here's what I feel. For every plow pusher, I want you to come because there's going to be a shift supernaturally that's going to happen. If you feel like you've been somebody who's pushing the plow in your life, I want you to come to this altar. We're going to do something by faith, and I believe it's going to shift. If you feel like, you know what, man, I've been pushing this plow. I've been working this thing. I've been faithful. I've been here day in, day out. I've been coming. I'm telling you, I want you to come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Here's what we're going to do. 
you're fixing to let go of the plow. And you're getting ready to receive the mantle. Praise God. Praise God. I feel the presence of the Lord here so strong. Come on, that's it. I just need you to pray for just a moment. In the name of Jesus. I feel like there's an angelic visitation that's happening in this house. Come on, there is a cloud of glory that's here in the name of Jesus. Here's what we're going to do. You know what? Praise God. Praise God. I want you. I want you. To just put your hands up like you're holding a plow. And you're probably thinking I'm crazy. But I do stuff, crazy stuff all the time. I open up the door of my house. When we, when we fighting, not my family, I'm just talking about spiritual stuff. I open up the door to my house. I'm like, everything that is not of God, you got to go. You got to go. You cannot dwell here. He's given his angels charge over me. You got to get out of this place. I open up my door. I kick him right out. Close my door. Go right out about my business. Today, there is a mantle of anointing and empowering that's about to fall on many of you all. Pastor, you are here. Man. Here, here's what I feel. God is about to accelerate this daughter work process for you all in the name of Jesus. This is going to be ascending church. You are going to have a regional influence that's going to dominate this area. It's going to shift expectations. It's going to shift traditions that have bound this region in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you in Jesus' name, God is using you. God has given you fresh vision in Jesus' name that's going to challenge expectations and challenge the norms. Use, let God use you in that regard. Praise God. You got your hands up. And on three, by faith, you're going to let go of the plow. And you're going to lift your hands and receive the mantle. Praise God. Are you ready? Come on, that's it. Are you ready? <laughs> Praise God. When I get to four, I'm not going to say four, but when I get to four, I want you to lift your hands and begin to worship God. Because there is a fresh anointing that's going to come over you. You're going to feel an empowerment from the Holy Ghost. Praise God. It's going to be done by faith. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? When we get to four, you're going to worship God. And you're going to give Him praise. And there's a mantle that's coming on your life. One, two, three. In the name of Jesus. Receive ye a supernatural anointing and empowerment from the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Let's build and let's go. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it.